All right. So text message is coming through. Um, mm. Let's see what everybody's opinion is. Yes. Should we get rid of the statue of Charles Darwin or not? He was he invented. He is the father of modern racism. Mm-hmm. His father of scientific racism. Yes. Eugenics, all that kind of stuff. Regarding Charles Darwin's statue, taking down the statue would not change anything as the scientific world and most scholars and university professors believe his theory. It would not change anything at all. But the space it covers now. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, okay. So that's uh, pretty much that person's opinion right there. They're just like, it wouldn't change anything. There'd, there'd, be, some, there'd be some more space there. You know, at the same time, at the same time, what we've seen, you guys mentioned that the famous... Uh, hero of the the Confederacy. What's his name? The one that they threw the statue into the river of. What's his name? Uh, um, um, Lee. Lee. Yes. Yes. This guy. So Lee. He's like everyone loves him. He's like a hero of America. And then they throw his statue into the river. And now, if you have anything to do with him, he's like a racist, and that makes you seem like a racist. So if this is my okay, my opinion here. If they get rid of this, not my opinion, but just comment on that opinion. If they get rid of the statue, then there could be some, oh, like you've kind of solidified this guy as a racist figure at that point. And then if you have any association with him, then you seem like a racist. It's interesting because when I lived in the United States back in the 90s, General Lee was universally the greatest war hero of America of all time. Mm. Now, he fought for the South. Yeah, wow. And it was the North that won. Mm. And it's unusual when the winners choose one of their opposing generals as their greatest war hero. Mm. You know, we have a lot of respect here in Australia for um, Erwin Rommel. Yes. Uh, who fought us uh, in the North African desert. Yeah. But that's rare. Mm. It's, it's rare that that kind of thing happens. But he was universally seen as being a great American because of his skill in generalship. Yeah, well. Had nothing to do with his views on race or anything like that. Mm. And now if you associate yourself in any way, shape or form with General Lee, then, yeah, interesting how times change. So I'm thinking, like, if they kind of solidify, if they throw the statue into the river of Charles Darwin, then it's like, oh, if you agree with him, then you're a racist too. Intense. Yeah, so they're never going to be actually able to do it, are they? Mm, because then the scientific world's going to be like, what, is science racist now? Uh-huh, like, uh-huh, like uh-huh. is... Uh-huh. Well, the oh. fact is, mathematics is not racist. Yeah. But historical but pe- science is. But, oh. Not empirical science. Historical science is. Yeah. Because in historical science demands, historical science being, you know, the theory of evolution, demands that some humans are more evolved than others. Yeah. 100%. Which, being a human and having an inquisitive mind, the next question is, okay, which ones are more evolved? Mm. Well, that's like literally what these people thought. Yeah, because it was the whole out-of-Africa theory. Mm. And the whole out-of-Africa theory is that human beings came out of Africa, so therefore the human beings that are no longer in Africa are the more evolved species. Mm. Oh, intense, bro. All right, what, what, what do other people have to say? Okay, so we've got another text here. It says, slavery. So should we ban... The song "Amazing Grace" because John Newton was a slave trader. Isn't the song about how he stopped doing that? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's an interesting history to uh, in interesting history to the song. The important thing with the story of John Newton was that he did have a conversion experience, in which he did see uh, just how incredibly immoral slavery was and became a great anti-slavery um, 
tra- uh, uh, campaigner. Yes. He was actually a slave himself at, at one stage. Mm. And a lot of people don't realise that. There's a whole story there. Um, oh, we could get into uh, you know the history of slavery and so forth. More, did you know that more white slaves have gone to Africa than black slaves have come out of Africa? It's an interesting stat for you. Mull on that one for a bit. I can't. Okay. All right, Lyle. You can't just drop bombs like that <laughs> in the studio. Okay, next <laughs> test. Next, it's a fact. It's a fact. That's heavy. Yep. Oh, all um, right. not next? in re- if you if you span it over the last four thousand years, that's what you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, in recent times, of course, that was not the case. Yes. But um, slavery is a tremendous problem in Africa to this day. Yes. Okay, so Christopher says, keep it and learn from history. Then we have somebody else says, Darwin statue should go. Ooh. So... Uh, um, Someone yeah. says, I think your Darwin quote was from The Descent of Man, not The Origin of Species. I'd have to double-check that. I thought it was from The Origin of Species. It may have been from The Descent of Man. Let me just see Ooh, here. Intense. It was one of those books. Anyway, it was from, it was from Charles Darwin. Yes. I, I am, like, I'm not familiar with his work at all. Like, I've no. not concerned myself with that. So, Well, even, yeah. from a, even from an evolutionary perspective, it is so vastly out of date today yes. that nobody gives it. Well, everybody gives it too much credibility. That's the problem. All right. Uh, somebody else has texted in. Oh, this is good, guys. You guys have been doing well. We're getting all these text messages come through. Go for Let's it. Go. Um, and we want to hear your. We want to continue to hear your opinions. Maybe leave Darwin's statue as a testament where we come from. The Bible doesn't see. I, I, I like that. I'm just going to stop on that line there, like where we come from, so future generations that have evolved more than Darwin can look back and go, ooh, ee. <laughs> what a silly guy. <laughs> okay, maybe leave the, t- the statue as a testament of where we come from. The Bible doesn't see uh, the Bible doesn't see to hide mistakes at the same time, um, or the Bible doesn't seem to hide mistakes. At the same time, God tore down the high yeah. places. This is this is what my, my thought was that you okay. know, God God broke down the idols. You know? He did indeed. Okay, so you're all for tear it down, throw okay, it away. No, no, throw no, it no, in no, the that's not what I said. The Lyle. iconoclast. <laughs> Loss in the no, iconoclast. You know I'm gonna embrace it. Let's throw it in the river. I'm I'm gonna be you know, I'm I'm young, I'm a uni student, let's throw it in the river. I'll get my buddies out there, like we'll we'll head over. It's in London, so we probably can't because you know so we, we're COVID, not ones to so we're not ones COVID to break right COVID restriction. We're also young like that too. But listen, yeah, I am fully embracing it. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start an online campaign on Twitter, and we're gonna get Charles da- Charles Darwin cancelled, and we're gonna throw his statue in the river. I, I can't wait to see how your online campaign goes. You can, you can build some really powerful arguments on that. Dude, oh, hundred percent, dude. Young people against just, Charles just Darwin. Young just, pe- just go for it. Dude, I, I honestly, oh, I don't want to joke about this too much, but this is quite, like, this is a serious issue. Like, it is. 100%. Um, I'd actually, you know what? I'm going to take the opposite view and say leave the statue. Uh-huh. Uh, but I would join your campaign because it would highlight the foolishness of evolution. Yes. How so? Oh, just 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 to highlight the foolishness of evolution. Because oh, evolution, you cannot escape racism. If oh yeah, you are oh, okay. In it's that in that sense, I thought you meant in some like personal sense, like the fact that I'm tearing the statue down 
highlights the, highlights the, the silliness that, of that, evolution. That Lawson has devolved. Okay, so here's my stand on it. I, I told you I'd share my opinion. I believe that all of these statues should stay. I don't believe in tearing statues down. I think that statues are a testament to history, mm. and I believe that... Uh, where necessary, the narrative and the plaque to go with the narrative should change to reflect reality. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So let's leave the statue of Charles Darwin there. Mm. And acknowledge the fact that he was the father of modern racism. Right. Let's leave the statue of General Lee there uh-huh. and acknowledge that he fought for the South, which was racist. Yes. You know what else we should do? Get a statue of Adam back in there, and then you can face them against each other like they're about to fight. Genius. Yeah. Nah, no, 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 no. Like no, they were no. about to discuss. Ooh, oh, they have like, you know, the pensive man thing. You know, the guy kind of uh, has his... Has he's his... called Adam. Sorry? Okay. The pen... Yeah, okay. You know, the guy who yeah, has yeah. his fist uh-huh, up, it's uh-huh. like... Similar thing like that, like they're about to. No, no, actually, no. They're just standing there. You know, you know how in uh, like. Well, Charles Darwin's already there. He's sitting. He's sitting. So I think they should just have Adam sitting on the other side, looking at across him like, "You fool." That's intense. That's actually hectic. That's actually really. That's a really good idea, Lyle. And then you wouldn't need to change the plaque. I'd remove both plaques. Just have name tags: Adam and Darwin. That's genius. Lyle, let's call the museum. Let's start an online campaign Natural on History Twitter. Museum in, no, in the we're UK. not going to remove the statue of Charles Darwin. We're just going to add more bring statues. Bring Adam back. Bring Adam back. Let's go, dude. This is the way. Yes, because he's, the father. he's the father of all races. Intense. That's amazing. So he can't be racist. He can't be. He's the father of all of them. Isn't that insane? Isn't that insane that literally, like, the Bible is so antithetical to racism versus, like, versus the, the, the model of history and human origins that a lot of people who are calling this racist embrace? Okay, so the, to make the statue of Adam, though, what you would have to do is create a computer-generated image of a man that is a perfect blend of, of the five major races on Earth. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, let's do it. Because, you know, I don't think any uh, human being could make that perfect blend. You would need a computer to make that perfect blend because we would always look at the statue through our own eyes, which mm. would be coloured. And mm. then just turn it into a statue. Got the problem solved. We have the world's <laughs> problem solved here on Faith oh, FM. Yes, let's get to our great Bible work. study. Where did my Bible study go? Okay. All right. I'm keen. First Peter, chapter 2, verse 9. First I Peter. love this passage right here. It's one of my favourite verses in the Bible. Yeah. The whole chapter is just awesome. Dude, Peter's books are so good. They He's are. so raw. First Peter chapter He's a two. fisherman. Dude, yeah, isn't that awesome? Your dad's a fisherman. My dad's a fisherman. My dad's <laughs> my dad's girlfriend, Tina, she called a 92 centimetre flathead. 92 90, centimetres. That's almost a metre. I've seen the photo of this thing. I've got to say that it is, what, uh, four centimetres shorter than the world of record. Like, yeah. Well, I don't know if I read about it online because it's very hard we, to we, do we, world we, record of fish like flatheads because they're so common. But essentially, this is in the very, the very like, the 1% top end of size. Yes. 
So Brilliant. good stuff. All right. Um, Go Tina. Big shout out. Yeah, to shout out Tina. Okay, First Peter chapter two verse nine. The Bible says this: "But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possessions. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of darkness into His wonderful light." Okay, this passage right here is a quote. From mm. the Old Testament. This yes. is what's important about it because here Peter is quoting from the Old Testament. He's writing to the Christian church. Mm. Now, at some, particular, at some point, you know, people, if this verse was on its own, okay, if it was by itself, people could say, well, how do you know he's writing to the Christian church? Maybe he was actually writing to the Jewish people because this was a promise that was given to the Israelite people back in Exodus chapter 19. We'll go back and read that in just a moment. All right, so how do we know that he's not writing to the Israelite people? He's writing to more than just the Israelite people. What does the next verse say? It then says in verse 10, Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Okay, so let's think about the Israelite people and later the Jewish people. Did they have an identity as a people? Uh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So when yeah. Peter writes here... And he said, you didn't used to have an identity as a people. Mm. He's not talking about the Israelites or the Jews. No. He's talking about the Christian church. Yes, which is made up of mostly Gentiles, you know, outside of Israel. Yes. Mm. And so if we go back in our Bibles mm -hmm. to Exodus chapter 19, let's read the, the passage where this is quoted from, Exodus chapter 19. And what you're going to find here is God's covenant. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6. The Bible says, Now if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation is mm. what Peter says. And, of course, over here, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation and... Uh, a peculiar or special people, mm. my own precious possession. Mm. Uh, so this is this is Peter taking a prophecy that was given to the Israelites, yes, and applying it to the Christian church. Mm. Does does the Bible give justification for Peter to be able to do that? Yes. Does Jesus give justification for it? I believe so. We, we, <laughs> we, we would hope so, wouldn't we? Lawson sitting there. I hope he doesn't ask me where. <laughs> okay, let's go to the book of Matthew. Yes, of course. And we're going to look at the parable of the vineyard. Yes. All right, Lyle, where, where are we at? Somewhere in Matthew. <laughs> we one, are of, one of the chapters. In chapter 21 and verse 33. Mm. I was actually I was thinking about this one when you were talking. <laughs> yeah, of course you were. <laughs> Uh, 33 to 40. 33, 21, 33, the 40, the Bible says, Now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard tenant uh, farmers to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking, surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmer 
Jonah saw his son coming, they said to one another, Here comes the son and the heir to his estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard, and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returned, Jesus asked, What do you think will he do to the farmers? So this is a parable about God's people. Mm. And when you talk about the vineyard, we're talking about Palestine, the land flowing with milk and honey that was given to the Israelites and strategically located, placed at the crossroads of three continents to be a light to the world. Yeah, wow. And yet what kind of fruit did, uh, did God get from this vineyard? Well, he sends his servants to get the fruit. Servants in the Bible are symbolic of the prophets. Yes. And they get beaten up. He sends more servants. They get killed. Finally, he sends his son, and they're like, yeah, yeah let's kill the son, and we will uh, steal the vineyard for ourselves. We'll have it wow. all to ourselves. Wow. Mm. Pretty full on. Yeah. And uh, it, in many ways, it is a parable about the total failure of Israel as a nation to fulfill their calling. Mm. And so Jesus asks the Pharisees, he's like, okay, what happens to these guys? They have uh, beaten the servants up, killed others, killed the son. Um, what happens to them? In verse 41, the Bible says, The religious leaders replied, He will put the wicked man to a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. Yikes, they bro. Oh, this is sentence on themselves. They just David themselves, bro. They did. They 100%. They did. They've just <laughs> they called did. themselves out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, yikes. And Jesus turns around. Jesus said unto them, Didn't you ever read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected the same has become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And you know, if you were standing there, at that particular point, the light just went on. Yeah, the penny just dropped. penny just dropped. It's, oh, and then he, oh, man, verse 43, he just... He just destroys them. I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce proper fruit. Oh, wow. Oh, man. You know, it's so hectic after this. It's like after they tell his story, they're like, oh, let's kill Jesus now. They're like, it's it's over. It's over. But luckily, Jesus escapes. Imagine, imagine them being the, you know, the leaders of the Israelite empire and the ones who have inherited all the promises to Abraham. Wow. Mm. And Jesus stands there and said, all of those promises, the covenant that was given to Abraham, the promises to you as a nation are going to be given to another nation. Wow. Oh, how would you feel? Intense. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, just another request that uh, I'd like to put out there right now. We were just having a brief discussion here during the song break, and we don't have a question of the day. Mm. So we need you to send in a question for us that we can answer a question of the day. Uh, normally we have a question or two that is sitting there and sometimes we have a considerable backlog several weeks in advance. Right now, we've run out. Yeah. So whatever burning question is on your mind this morning, send it through. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or text to us on 0491 we need a question of the day today. And, of course, you can ask anonymous, anonymously as well. You can. Just whatever you want. Yeah. Just send it through. Absolutely. All right. Well, yes. Bible study. Okay, so They're there was a uh, small town in the United States many, many years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, this is going back to the era when timepieces 
were rare. Oh, wow. Okay. And so this small town had one clock. Oh. And because it had one clock, they put it in the shop window and everybody could walk past and tell what time of day it was. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of ran their day according to that clock. Um they kind of depended on it to, you know, know the time and know when things were going to happen. The businessmen and women would glance in the window and the children, you know, heading to school and so forth would rely on this particular clock. And one day they looked in the window. It was only 15 minutes to nine. The children on their way to school were surprised and like, oh, we've got plenty of time. So they went and started playing. Business owners sort of sat back and relaxed because it wasn't time to open their businesses yet. Um, but as the day progressed, they found that, well, the clock had actually stopped and it wasn't moving. <laughs> Everybody had a very, very <laughs> relaxed morning because the clock had stopped. It's like 12 o'clock. It's like <laughs> midday. It's like, oh, man, it's pretty early. <laughs> public, unannounced public holiday because Dude, that's the, amazing. the one and only timepiece in the... In you the, could do that in a small town back in the day. You could do that. It's like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's chill out today, everyone. We want to have a bit of a relax. We'll just uh, sneak in there in the middle of the night, stop that clock, <laughs> set the hands on a particular time. It's like, okay, we're good. Oh, that's epic. Um, okay, but it's in, in many ways it's a great representation of what happened to Israel. Mm. Israel was set up in the centre of the world at that time. Wow. Mm. Crossroads of three nations where everybody could pass through and see what God was doing. And one day they just stopped. Mm. So Israel is given these great promises. They're given this great covenant. And and as a result of that, you know, they had they were to be the light of the world. Mm. But one day they just stopped. And you see particular periods of Israel's history where they were being lights to the people around them. You know, I, yes. I think of particularly during the period of David, even though they were warring with other nations, then they were being blessed and blessing a lot more nations, um, you know, receiving gifts, sending gifts, you know, uh, even more so during the period of Solomon. The nation is flourishing. They're on track with God. You know, Solomon has his own thing going on. Uh, you know, he has his own struggles later in life. But ultimately, you know, they're making alliances with nations around the world and people are coming to a knowledge and believing in God because of them. Yes. You know, I think of particularly of the nation of Ethiopia. The Queen of Sheba rocks up is and is completely convinced because of the way that Absolutely. they were blessed by God. Um, she was completely convinced that, that, that their God was true, mm-hmm. and they were they, believers in God till this day. Like they are followers of God. This is a, a, a state That's religion has been followers of God to this very day because of the work that Israel did, and we have to acknowledge them for that. But you know. You come down to Jesus' time, you know, it's it's Israel's an economy, a big one. You know, they have a big economy in the temple, and, and that's pretty much it. Yes, that's for sure. Okay, so let's move on in our Bible study here, and let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 6. So Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 6. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 6. The Bible says this. For you are a holy people who belong to the Lord our God. Of all the people on earth, the Lord your God has chosen you 
to be his own special treasure. Okay, so we've got uh, text messages and phone calls coming through. We're going to uh, stop. We're going to have thank some. You. We're going to have some great uh, questions of the day. So we're glad to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for helping us out this morning and keep them coming. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get ourselves three or four weeks worth of uh, backlog <laughs> this morning. Let's yes. see if we can get. Let's see if we can break a record for how many uh, questions of the day we can get coming through. Okay, so we just read this this passage here. Um, you are a holy people unto the Lord. He has chosen you to be a special people unto himself above all people that are on the face of the earth. Mm. We were talking earlier about Darwin and his origin of the species, descent of man, uh, the books that he wrote. And, you know, even if you look at um, the title of The Origin of Species, we never used the actual title. Did you know that? What? Of... Charles Darwin's book, The Origin of the Species. Mm. Do you know why? It's really, really politically incorrect. Y- yes. And it's and, and it's like one of those situations where rightfully so, because the actual title is The Origin of Species by Natural Selection or the Preservation of Favoured Races in the Struggle for Life. <laughs> That's the actual title of the book. Yeah, wow. The preservation of favoured races. Mm. And is this what God is doing here when he comes to the Israelites and say, you're a favoured race? Is God being racist? Well, clearly not because you then, you know, just track the history of Israel and see the places that they ended up in because of God. Like is in negative places because of God. Because God steps in and... Yeah, and is like, you guys are terrible. Like literally, God is like, you are <laughs> the worst people on earth. Like I so love you. Read, you read the, read the I history of you it, everything. And most of, their, most of their history is unfavoured, isn't it? Yeah. Most of, the, most of the history of... They're, uh, ju- they're just acknowledged. They're just highlighted as a people. They're, of course, you know, ultimately, and we, we've talked about this on, before on radio, I believe, you know, just this idea that God uses people for purposes mm-hmm. um, and he blesses people accordingly. That's right. And Israel were incredibly blessed as a nation because they had a specific purpose. But we also noted that, yes, Abraham was favoured by God. but the race- Okay, so aren't you glad that you're... Sorry, I'll butt it in. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I was just going to say, Abraham was favoured by God because of his faith, because of his choices, not because of his race, not because of anything else, but God knew that he could use him to further his purposes of saving the entirety of humanity. If God really favoured races, then he just wouldn't save, you know, everyone. He'd save, like... The Jews. Yeah. but And that's what the Jews thought. That's what they thought. Oh, heavy. So aren't you thankful you're not a part of ancient Israel because they're all such failures? Oh, man. You know, there's that classic <laughs> thing. It's like, it's like you know, oh, we, you like, I read this, like, I think it was a tweet, and it was like, it's funny how we all criticize Judas for selling out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, yet we sell him out for free. Ooh. Ooh. Out. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> it's like the reality is is that we are we all are broken all human beings, broken failures. That's right. We are all broken human beings doing our best to reflect Jesus Christ in our world, and may we continue to do our best. Mm. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. There you go. Okay, it is now time for question of the day. Classic Liam, bro. Miss the guy. All right, here we go. You can be back in this week sometime, maybe. I hear a rumour. Are you serious? To pop in and say hello. Awesome. All right, question of the day is, why did God make Adam 
out of dust? Very appropriate question for our show. Yes, Lawson, you're a dirtbag. That's <laughs> what the Bible says. Classic. That's <laughs> what the Bible says. Okay, so there are a number of different reasons we can look at as to why God made man out of dust. The Bible says that God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. First of all, we find that this makes humanity unique. So every, everything else and everyone else and everything else, everything else that God created, God spoke and it existed. Mm-hmm. He spoke it into existence. Once it came to the creation of man, God came down to earth and he got his hands dirty. Mm. And so, so it shows that man is unique and it shows a unique personal connection with God that other creatures don't have. It shows a relationship with God that other creatures don't have because God personally formed us with his own hands mm. out of the dust of the ground and breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. And so it shows that man has two important things. First of all, he has dirt which comes from this earth. He has the breath of life which comes from God, which... Um, Leads us to another point here, and that is from where does, where do we then gain our glory as human beings? You see, God did not make us out of gold. He did not make us out of silver. He did not make us out of gemstones or granite or steel or titanium. He made us from dust. And then he breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. Where is our glory? Where is our power? Is it in the dirt that we are, the dirt bag that each one of us is, or is it in the breath of God that we breathe every day? This is a very important lesson for us there in the fact that God made us out of dirt and breathed into our nostrils the breath of life to remind us every single day that we are the creation of God and that our life belongs to him. It also shows us a certain lowliness. You know, if God had made us out of gold, then we'd be like, yeah, we're the greatest thing in the universe, but he's made us out of dirt. Mm. Like you, you just you just made out of dirt. You guys are dirt bags. Mm. Yeah, uh, to remind us that you know God is great and that we are subservient to Him. There's a couple of other connections that we can um, draw from this, and I guess the next one that pops into my mind is the connection that we have to this planet. Yeah, well, we're made out of this planet. We're made out, and and the Bible says that this planet will be our home. Mm. The Bible talks about heaven, and heaven's going to be great. But the Bible says that the meek shall inherit. The earth. This will always be our home. And you know how you kind of have, you know, that kind of connection to the place where you grew up? It's your homeland and you've been away and you come back and like, this is my home, (laughs) you know? The Hewan Valley. That's right. Tasmania. God bless the Tasmanians as they come on the show just after this with their their morning show uh, in Tasmania. It's going to go national in a week or so. It also shows being made out of dirt that we are to have dominion over the world. Mm. So we are from this from this world to have dominion over this world. And uh, the, it also shows that uh, God has the power over death because we turn back to dirt when we die. Yeah. But because God made us from the dirt in the first place, God can bring dirt to life. Yes. And so when we go back to dirt... God can reverse that procedure again Mm. in the resurrection because that's how we were created in the very first place. There's so many lessons that we could learn from the fact that we are made out of the dust of the ground. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.